Good morning, Cathedral of Faith. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord. Somebody say amen. Amen. If you feel comfortable to do so, could you stand to your feet as we honor the presence of the Lord? God is good, and all the time, we invite you. Everyone is welcome here. Nobody's perfect. The love is lived out, and everything is because we serve an amazing God. And if you believe that to be true, can we put our hands together and just bless the name of the Lord? Yeah. We're excited. We're always excited to be at the house of the Lord, but today is extra special. We have our friends, Christafari, are in the house. They had an amazing concert here on Friday. They did incredible, and it's just the party's going to continue right here on stage. And this, this group is so special. They're, they have been around for so long doing amazing things all over the globe. They've been on every single continent in the world and to 30, 40-some countries They've sung in front of presidents. They've recorded albums. They've just been living their life out loud for Christ, and they've been doing an incredible job, and we are so honored to have them here. And before they lead us into worship today, could we just give them the biggest San Jose Cathedral of Faith welcome that you can muster up? Christafari!
Amen. Isn't God good? All the time. God is good. You know it. I love you, Lord. For your mercy never fails me.
all about Jesus. And he truly is a way maker, a miracle worker.
Amen. Let's take it outside right now for something very special. Thank you, Mark. Hello, Cathedral. What a beautiful day to come and worship God. And well, the greatest miracle of all is the miracle of salvation. And we're going to participate in baptism. And so I'm going to invite uh, John to come into the waters of baptism. Every time we baptize a Cathedral of Faith, we write, like to review our statement of faith. What do we believe at Cathedral? We believe in the Apostles' Creed, which comes right from the scriptures. And I invite you to say this with me. Let's fill this place with a declaration today. Everyone say it with me. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. But on the third day, he rose again from the dead. Can somebody say amen to that? He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen and amen and amen. Oh, let's give God praise for that faith that's anchored on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. John, have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? You've surrendered your life to him. Upon that confession of faith, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Down with the old, up with the new. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Raylene, have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? You surrendered your life to him. Upon that confession of faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Down with the old and up with the new. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, what a good God we serve. Amen. Oh, well, before you're seated again, thanks so much for being here, whether you're inside the building, outside here. What a gorgeous day we have in the amphitheater, on the parking lot, those who are watching online. Thank you for joining us. Before you're seated, look at somebody and tell them we serve a good God. Go ahead and do that. We serve a good God. have you here on a Sunday morning. Give the person next to you a high five. We'd like to connect and get to know you better. So please check the card that's in the seat pocket in front of you. You can scan the QR code and put all your details there. But if you're not tech savvy, that's okay. You can turn the card around and you can fill up the form. You can get involved, get connected, and know more about our church community and how you can serve by scanning that QR code. If you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior recently, you can scan that QR code and let us know when that happened so we can send you a certificate to mark that special moment. 
I hope you're not falling asleep already because we've got more exciting announcements just for you. Life Surge is happening next month on September 9th, Saturday. Learn why and how to create and multiply financial resources for Kingdom Impact this fall at an exciting event. We've got featured guest speakers such as Tim Tebow and Nick Vujicic. So don't forget, sign up at the kiosk in the lobby or call the church office. So we've also got an exciting event next month on September 22nd and 23rd. Our Ignite Silicon Valley Marriage Conference is getting closer to date. Be encouraged by guest speakers like Gary Chapman, hear biblical financial advice from Chris Brown, and inject joy in your marriage through comedy with Andrew Stanley. There's great music by Christian Dentley too. Don't worry, our kids' ministry will be available on Saturday, September 23rd. Sign up and visit our kiosk at the lobby after service. Don't forget to pass by our beautiful chapel before leaving service. Be inspired as you walk into the chapel with an immersive multimedia experience designed just for you. That's it for now. So if you get a little hungry after service, you can check out our amphitheater. We're selling tacos, really, really yummy tacos. So be sure to check it out. I hope you enjoy Sunday service this morning. Be sure to check out our website, our social media, and download our app for the latest and greatest at Cathedral. Have a happy Sunday! Oh, good morning, Cathedral of Faith. Isn't it a beautiful day to be in the house of the Lord? Amen? So glad to see you. So excited to see what God is doing in and through this cathedral family. It's so great to have with us Christ Safari with us all weekend. They were in concert Friday night out at our amphitheater. It was a great time. They were down in Watsonville yesterday with hundreds of young people, many of them giving their lives to Christ. Want to encourage you, they have merchandise in the back. Help support them. They're going to be going on a missions trip to Africa soon. But thank you so much for being here to bless us with your own unique style. Amen? And then also, want to give a shout out to our Spanish campus out in Milpitas. Just recently, they were recognized by the mayor of Milpitas for their work in serving the community and the anti-graffiti efforts there. So way to go to Pastor John and all of our folks that are serving at our Spanish campus. Wow. Well, one of the stories I wanted to share with you that Jesus actually, it's the only, there's two places it's recorded in the Gospels. And it's the only time he talks about someone giving. And Jesus, you know, he went to church every, on temple. And the way they used to give back then, you used to bring your offering and, and everyone got to see what you were bringing. And Jesus highlights this incredible giver that just, put everything on their, just turn everybody's thinking upside down. And I want to call attention, it's Mark 12, 41. Let's go to it. It says, many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I just want to, Take a moment out because probably the disciples were watching these big guys giving lots of money. And Jesus wanted to make sure that they, he had the right perspective on who the most generous person was there. And this is what he tells the disciples. Let's go on. Truly I tell you, 
This poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all that she had to live on. That is the word of the Lord today, amen? No matter how much you give, when you give it all to Jesus, you can be a little widow. You are one of God's heroes. And I want to say thank you to all the church family for how you give, whether it's big or small of your time or your resources, whatever God's put in your hand. You help us do the work of the ministry. You help us provide thousands of people that would go hungry in our community with groceries to eat through our Reaching Out Food Ministry. You help us through our missions to help rescue girls that would otherwise be uh, sex trafficked over in Cambodia, but we help provide education and help provide job training. We help provide orphans in Mozambique a place to live to know that they are loved by God and they have a purpose for their life. You help us through our efforts down in Cabo San Lucas in the slums there to help feed children through the local churches. You help us do everything we do, taking the gospel in Italy and the Philippines and all around in the Bay Area. It's because of your generosity that we're able to do that for God's kingdom and God's glory, amen? So thank you, Cathedral Faith, for how you give to make a difference. You, of course, the easy way is just call your attention, give through the app, you can give online, you can give at the end of the service. And, uh, but thank you so much for all that you do to help us be a blessing to our community. And let's continue our worship as Christ Safari comes to minister to you one of my dad's favorite songs in a cool style. I promise you we're not going to do it the way your dad did it, though. <laughs> Won't you stand to your feet? Now, my I want to see you move. So lift up those heavy feet, don't step in the street. Then 
Amen. Uh, you know, one more time, would you let Mark and the team know how much you appreciate them blessing us with that? They're going to come back in a bit and wrap up service with another powerful song. Before you're seated, tell someone, I'm feeling the groove today. Go ahead. <laughs> Oh, thanks again for being here. We're in a series called Cathedral at the Movies. Uh, film is so much a part of the language of our culture that just about every summer we take a month, look at some films that have come out, some of the themes of those films, and then most importantly, what the Bible has to say about that theme. Now, the movie we look at today, it was inspired by a true story a family gets on a small plane. They're coming back for a funeral. And 10 minutes into the flight, something happens. Watch the screens. And here's a little bit of the trailer. Six Bravo, Bravo, enter the pattern on left downwind. Appreciate you sacrificing your Easter Sunday just to fly us home. You're welcome to ride up front. Looks like a space shuttle. That Mooney's waiting to taxi. Turn your headset. You can listen to me talk to air traffic control. Find that traffic in sight. Are you scaring with your feet? Yep. Climbing maintain one four thousand. Aren't you supposed to repeat back what he just? Joe. Miami Center. Is anyone there? Say your tail number and intention. Doug, what's going on? I've got an emergency up here. My wife and daughters are on this plane. <laughs> I need you to stop a plane crash. You're the only person I know who can save them. Has he flown at King Air? Never. You've got a very tight window. How long has he been in the air? Start easing off of those controls. Can you do that? We got a real good co-pilot up here. Landing gear down. I got it. I'm looking for the emergency procedures. No doubt we're going to need them. Make sure you're buckled up back there. He's flying right toward the storm. He is never going to make this it. Guy's got I love you, girl. You can do it. Sometimes you got to trust in things you can't see. Let go, Doug. Let go. Yeah, it's a, it's a good movie. It's produced by our friends, uh, Mark Burnett and Roma Downey. And the title, as you saw, is called A Wing and a Prayer. And for the next few moments, that's what I'd like to talk about. I want to look at a prayer that we find in the Bible. Now, I found another prayer online that I thought was interesting. You can see it up here. And that prayer reads this way. Dear God, so far today... I've done all right. I've not gossiped, lost my temper, been greedy, grumpy, nasty, selfish, or overindulgent. I'm very thankful for that. But in a few minutes, God, I'm going to get out of bed. And from then on, I'm going to need a lot more help. Anybody need that prayer today? <laughs> now, the prayer that we look at in the scripture, it almost plays out like the best movie you've ever seen in your life. There's mystery, there's suspense, there's drama, 
It happens in four different scenes that take place over three different chapters. It may be the most stunning conversation that you find anywhere in the scriptures. If your prayer life has grown a bit stale, I invite you to join me on a journey as we look at the intercession of a man by the name of Moses. His intercession, the intercession of one man, it reminds us of the power and potential of the prayer of one person. Can one person really make a difference? I mean, it's only one. Well, when you're playing a guitar, you'll find that one string makes a difference. When you're driving a car, you'll find that one tire makes a difference. When it's raining, you'll find that one shingle makes a difference. And when we look at the prayer of this one man, we are, well, we're giving, it It shocks us, it opens our eyes once more to the power and potential of the prayer of the one. That What if it was your prayer, one prayer, that was key to a breakthrough happening that's needed? What if it was one prayer, your prayer, that was a tipping point for an outpouring of victory in your life? What if it was one prayer, the power and potential of the prayer of one person, it's the intercession of Moses. Let's take a look at it together. Now I'm gonna need your help. As I said, it plays out over four different scenes. And so would you say this with me? Scene one, scene one, say it again. Scene one, here's the backstory. There's Moses. And Moses has led the people out of Egypt. He's led them through the Red Sea. And now they're on their way to the promised land. They're parked at the foot of Mount Sinai. And Moses goes up on the mountain to meet with God. And that's when our story begins. In Exodus chapter 32, we read this. When the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come back down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron. Come on, they said, let us make some gods who can lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses. This fellow Moses, talk about dissing your leader. This fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. And so they're impatient. Where is Moses? When will Moses be back? Will Moses ever be back? And in their impatience, they make a bad decision. And that can happen when you become impatient. When you become impatient, it can lead you to making a bad decision. And that's what happens here. They make a bad decision. They decide that they want a different leader, that they want a different God. And so they build a golden calf. And they had just recently entered into this covenant relationship with God. It would be like getting married. You just walk down the aisle. You say your vows, you make your promises, you exchange your rings. And then on a honeymoon, they're already stepping out on God. And it just, it's stunning to see 
well, how short their memory is and how shallow their commitment is. But that's the thing about human beings. Or some, you know, we can do the very best things in one moment and we can do the very worst things in the next moment. And it seems like they are headed to a nosedive. They're headed to this nosedive. And it continues. God says to Moses, your people, your people, say that with me, your people. Let me stop right there. When my kids were younger, I have a son and a daughter, and when they were younger, and I would become frustrated with them. Do any have any other parents in the house today? Let me see your hands. Any other parents ever get frustrated with your kids? Hold on, grandkids are God's reward for you not killing your own kids. So, when you get frustrated with your kids, and I get frustrated, I go to talk to my wife about it. I'd say, you know, honey, you know, honey, and I would say, I wouldn't say our son. I would say, do you know what your son did? <laughs> You're just frustrated. God is so frustrated with his people. He says, Moses, do you know what your people did? It's your people. Your people whom you brought up from the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. How quickly they have turned away from the way I commanded them to live. I have seen how stubborn and rebellious these people are. Now leave me alone so my fierce anger can blaze against them and I will destroy them. I will make you, Moses, into a great nation and this film is about to become a disaster movie. God's ready to start over with Moses and his family while the rest of the people, they better run for cover. They are nosediving toward a disaster a disaster, their future looks very, very dark. But then Moses has what I call a humble boldness. I don't know how else to describe it. He has a humble boldness and he asks God to reconsider. Imagine that. God, remember your promises. God, remember your reputation. God, remember that these in fact are your people. Moses says this, he says, turn away from your fierce anger. Change your mind about the terrible disaster you have threatened against your people. So the Lord changed his mind about the terrible disaster he had threatened to bring on his people. And here we are introduced to the stunning absolutely stunning idea that God in his sovereignty, that God in his sovereignty has decided to work this way, that in prayer with God, we have the possibility of helping to shape the future. In this sense, prayer, well, over here, I have a thermometer. We know what a thermometer does. A thermometer reads the temperature. It tells you what the temperature is. But this is a thermostat. And a thermostat, instead of just telling you what the temperature is, you can set the temperature. You can change the atmosphere. And prayer is a little bit like this thermostat. God, through prayer, helps 
to set the temperature, to change the atmosphere, to shape the future, to shape your future, the future of your family, the future of your business, the future of your school, the future of your neighborhood. It's a stunning idea. That is the power and potential of prayer that God wants to work with you to shape the future. Amen. Yeah, let's give God praise. Amen. How is this whole thing going to work out? Well, we still don't know. That's why we need scene two. Say that with me. Scene two. Say it again. Scene two. Well, in scene two, Moses heads down the mountain. And when he heads down the mountain, he sees for himself what's happening. And he is mad. Moses is ticked. He sees that golden calf and he takes that golden calf, he burns it, then he grinds it into powder and then he puts it into their drinking water and he says, you want this golden calf? How does this taste? (laughs) Moses is mad. He's really mad. And in a sense, these people have been a pain to Moses almost from the very start. I mean, go back to Exodus chapter 16. And it says, there too, the whole community of Israel complained. Complained. Say that with me. Complained about Moses and Aaron. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you've brought us into the wilderness to starve us all to death. What a bunch of whiners. And then it continues in Exodus chapter 17. They get delivered from slavery, but what are they doing again? They're complaining. So once more, the people complained against Moses. Give us water to drink, they demanded. Quiet, Moses replied. Why are you complaining against me? And why are you testing the Lord? But tormented by thirst, they continue to argue with Moses. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Are you trying to kill us, our children, and our livestock? with thirst. They whined, whined. Say that with me. Whine. Say it with an attitude. Whine. They're a bunch of whiners, right? I mean, God delivers them from slavery and they're whining all the time. And now this whole situation with the golden calf, I wonder at that point, I wonder if Moses heard God's offer Hey, let's start over, Moses, you and your family, and we'll start over. I wonder how that sounded to him. Maybe it sounded pretty good to him, like this cat. It sounds good to him, and yet, and yet, Moses, these people, they were his crew. There's another film Uh, that came out, it was about the uh, fashion uh, dynasty, Gucci. And in the film, the two brothers who ran the company, they're having a conversation and one of them talks about his son. Now his son's kind of a knucklehead and everybody knows it. He thinks he has fashion design and he's, but he's not any good at it. He makes terrible choices and he's just a very difficult person to deal with. 
And the guy in talking about his son, he says this. He says, I know he's an idiot, but he's my idiot. And there was something about that. Moses knows these are crazy people, but they're my crazy people. They're his crew. And so he's going to intercede on their behalf. They need mercy. They need grace. They need forgiveness. So he heads back up the mountain. And this is what he says to God. He says, what a terrible sin these people have committed. They have made gods of gold for themselves. But now if you will only forgive their sin. But if not, erase my name from the record you have written. What? Have you ever prayed like that? Should you even pray like that? Moses didn't do what they did. He didn't deserve what they deserved, but he wraps himself and his destiny up with his people, his crew, and prays this kind of prayer. If we go down, we go down together. He puts his life on the line for these difficult people. Let me ask you a question. Let's bring it home. Everyone lock in with me for just a moment because maybe that's right where you're at. You have a difficult member of your family. Hello. <laughs> I, heard a, I heard a clapping back here. They, they can identify. I saw this one lady. She goes in to see the doctor and she says, she says, uh, doctor, she has described the pain in my neck. Well, he's about five foot eight, bald and kind of dumpy. You have a family member who's a pain in the neck and from the things that they've done, truth be told, what they deserve is a lightning bolt. And you want to give them a lightning rod to hold in their hands. It's what you feel like doing. But what if today Moses started to rub on off, off on us and instead of just seeing their fault, we saw their need. And we began to Stand in the gap for them. We can't fix them, but we can pray for them. And what if your prayer is the thing God will use to give them a better future? In Ezekiel, God says, I sought, I looked for someone to stand in the gap. What if you were that person who took a stand, cathedral of faith, let's be the kind of people who stand in the gap and believe God, amen, for change. I'll be that one, say that with me, I'll be that one. You're looking for someone, God, I'll be that one. I will. Now that brings us to the next scene, scene three, say it with me, scene three because we're not sure how this thing's gonna end up. I mean, okay, Moses is gonna destroy the people, uh, or I mean, God's not gonna destroy the people, God's gonna forgive the people, but God says, well, I saw this one comic, and in the comic, uh, there's some people in a plane, and the voice comes over the intercom, this is your co-pilot speaking, I'll be working from home today. Do you think that's a good idea? 
God says, I won't destroy you, I'll forgive you, but I know you people, I know how you are, so I'm gonna keep my distance, I'm gonna be working from home. You can go to the promised land. We read in Exodus, God says to Moses, get going, you and the people you brought up from the land of Egypt, and I will send an angel before you. Go to this land that flows with milk and honey, but I will not travel among you, for you are a stubborn, rebellious people. If I did, I would surely destroy you along the way. And yet for Moses, that's not enough. He needs God himself in the cockpit. An angel will not do. And so he says, God, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. I would rather stay where I'm at with God than go to the promised land without God. He doesn't want to travel anywhere, anywhere. He needs to know. He needs to know that the favor of God, the blessing of God, the direction of God, the protection of God, he needs to know that the presence of God will be with him. And God says to him, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. But even this isn't enough for Moses. He needs to know that he knows that he knows that he knows. So in the next chapter, he just wants to make sure. And he says, oh, Lord, if it's true that I found favor with you, then please travel with us. Yes, this is a stubborn, rebellious people, but please forgive our iniquity and our sins. Claim us as your own special possession. Yeah, God, you know us. You've got it right. But God, please don't take your presence from us. We can't go anywhere. I'd rather stay where we're at with your presence than go anywhere without it. That's how much the presence of God mattered to Moses. Wow. What if I prayed like that to start the day? God, I don't want to get out of bed. <laughs> I don't want to go anywhere unless your presence is with me and for me and your favor and your blessing and your direction and your protection. I'll just stay right here in bed, God, unless I know that you're going to go with me. How would that change the way I went through the day? I was thinking about our founding pastor, my dad, uh, Kenny Foreman, and how back in Kansas City, yeah, let's give it up for our, our, our founding pastor. He's in heaven now. I'm sure he's watching service today, cheering us on. But he had planted a church in Kansas City, Missouri, uh, back in the 50s, and it was with a handful of people, half the people, he brought himself to the church, and that church grew, and over eight years, it became one of the largest and most influential churches in the state. And then an unexpected opportunity opened up for him to come to San Jose. And some of his friends told him, Kenny Foreman, don't you go to San Jose? The Bay Area is a graveyard for churches. You need to stay in an area where your ministry can continue to flourish and have influence. Stay right there in Missouri. But God, you know, but my dad felt like God was calling him to the Bay Area. And I'll never forget, I asked my dad one time, I said, Dad, how sure were you 
about coming to the Bay Area? He says, well, I was about 70% sure. And I thought, are we ever 100% sure about anything? We walk by faith and not by sight. And so with that 70% assurance, he prayed this prayer. I'll never forget. He told me this. I will never forget it. He said, I told God, he said, God, I will go wherever you want me to go. I don't care where it is because my confidence is not in a location. My confidence is not in one particular church. My confidence and trust is in you. And he, he said, God, I'll go wherever you want me to go. He says, as long as your blessing goes with me and your favor goes with me and your presence goes with me. That was all the way back in 1965. Look what the Lord has done since then. It makes a big difference when God is your co-pilot. Amen. In fact, the guy who the movie is about, uh, a wing and a prayer, he said about that experience, he says, it was me and the Lord flying the plane. So let me ask you a question. Who is your co-pilot? Really? Is that the kind of heart you have for the presence of God to be so connected to your journey? It's a powerful prayer, Moses' prayer. And that brings us to scene four. Uh, scene four, say that with me. Scene four. And it's amazing. God's not gonna destroy the people. God's gonna forgive the people. God is gonna go with the people. What a conversation this has been. And then Moses, at the climax of the story, goes over the top and says, God, show me your glory. Show me your glory. Would you say that with me? Show me your glory. Hmm. Moses, you've already seen glory. I mean, you saw, you saw God show up in a burning bush. You saw God split the Red Sea in two. Moses had seen the glory of God. He had seen something of the glory of God. The glory of God is a demonstration of who God is and what God does. Moses had seen something of it, but he wants to see more. In fact, he wants to see all of God. Moses, do you know what you're asking? It's like being thirsty and say, saying, give me Niagara Falls to drink. It's like being hungry and, and saying, give me the San Joaquin Valley to eat from. Moses, your eyes are bigger than your stomach. No mortal man can see the face of God and die, but I will give you more. He says to Moses in Exodus, if we can go to the next scripture, I will make all my goodness pass before you and I will call out my name Yahweh before you. Think about that. He would see more of the glory of God. And that's what happens when you're hungry and you're thirsty. I want to be that kind of person. I want to be that kind of pastor. I want to be that kind of church. That God, we want to see more. 
Yes, we've seen this and we've seen that, but God, you are so amazing. We wanna see more of your glory. See, this is how you grow. This is how you mature. You have more, you experience more when you desire more and you ask God for more. God, we wanna see more, amen? We wanna see more. I wanna see more. Say that with me. I wanna see more. Say it again. I want to see more of your glory. And he sees more of God's glory, and then that glory becomes transformational. And the Bible says in Exodus 34, his face became radiant because he had spoken to the Lord. The more you press into the glory of God, the more God's glory presses in on you. One of my favorite ways to think about this is by going to the beach. Since it's reggae Sunday, let's go to the beach. And at the beach, here's what happens with me. If it's been winter and there's been a lot of rain and I have been indoors a lot, my skin, it really isn't white anymore. It's clear. <laughs> it's very pale. But then when the summer comes and things heat up and you head to the beach and you get in the sun <laughs> and I'm working on my tan. See, you start off one way, you end up another way. Everybody's gotta have a dream, amen. Listen, Moses goes up the mountain one way he comes down the mountain a different way. He beholds the glory of God and then he radiates the glory of God. And the same kind of thing happens with us when we behold his glory. We are changed by that glory. When people run into you, they're running into glory. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3, 18, we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, from glory to glory to glory to glory. God is changing us. God is transforming us. We behold his glory. We take on glory and then we give him glory, the glory he deserves. And that's what we're gonna do right now. If you'd stand with me wherever you're at, this prayer can change the way you pray for the rest of your life if you let it. If you're comfortable doing this, as Christafari, as they get in place, Heavenly Father, we come before you and Start with me. God, we want to see more of your glory. Lord, we've seen so much. We're so grateful for all that you've done. We know, we know something of who you are, but God, we are open. We're hungry. We're ready. We're pressing in. And God, let that glory continue to transform our lives so as we go into a, a dark, broken world that they can see the light of glory when they encounter us. And God, we've come to give you glory, to ascribe the glory to your name. 
Lord, bless your people today with grace and favor and mercy. And Thank you again, God, for the kind of relationship you have with us that we can engage in a conversation with you that could actually have an impact on the future. It's unreal. But God, we're so grateful. Give us a humble boldness like Moses. We pray this in Jesus' name for Jesus' glory. All God's people said, amen. Amen. Let's give God praise, amen. Hallelujah. Mark's coming to lead us in worship. Let's continue to give God glory. Amen. We're going to teach you a new song. Take you to Israel.
time mark you know and this mark ministers with his family there it's just such a beautiful thing mark Amen. can you introduce your band and your family yeah, absolutely real quick? over there from hilo hawaii on keys is justin nalimo <laughs> justin de kaleo okolani nalimo <laughs> over here on bass is iris spence this is my wife, Avion, and she is from Trinidad and Tobago. This is our 11-year-old daughter, Ziza. We're from Los Angeles, California. From LA also, we have Alex Avila, and from Brazil, Sao Paulo, is Renato Times. Awesome, awesome. Oh, again, they're gonna be in the back after service with their music, and it's something you wanna pick up. It'll lift up your spirit. Uh, our immersive chapel experience is still going. If you haven't checked it out yet, please do. We have uh, taco trucks out at the amphitheater. So if you don't have to rush out, hang around. And of course, the most important thing, 
If you need prayer after service here at Cathedral Faith, we believe in the power and the potential of the prayer of one person. Amen? And then when two or three are joined together, wow, something really happens. So please let us pray with you and for you before we leave today. Oh, Cathedral, God is good. And all the time, show me your glory. Say that with me. Show me your glory. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. And this week, may you know that God is full of goodness and compassion and love and patience and mercy. And may you have an encounter with who God is and what God does this week. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we pray. All God's people said, amen. God bless you as you go. Amen. Amen.